everyone. Producer Layla Mohammed here. I'm filling in for our host today because we got the chance to talk to Emily Daura, the tour development coordinator at the Neon Museum. The Neon Museum is a place that collects Las Vegas history through neon signs. It's a local favorite with really cool programming that we're excited to share with you today. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, Emily tells us about some of her favorite signs, the Pride Gallery Talks, which she organized, and how the museum will be carrying Pride Month forward into October and beyond. It's Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. I'm Layla Mohammed, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Emily Daura, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us about the Neon Museum and the work that you do there? Yes, so the Neon Museum, we're actually turning 10 years old. So we're a 10 years old museum. We primarily collect neon signs associated with the city of Las Vegas, neon signs that are outside of properties on the strip, but we also have like small businesses. Um, Our oldest sign ranges from the 30s, so we're collecting signs where we're really trying to collect the history of Las Vegas and tell it through, you know, commerce and through, you know, local business, small business, big business to really trace the growth and kind of like represent these stories of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. We are an outdoor museum, so we're you're able to visit us and really kind of like be on the same level as these huge kind of signs that are operational. So we're also open at night as well as in the day. Mm So it really gives you like an opportunity to really see how powerful these signs are and, and look at their artistic, you know, forms and all the neon bending that took place and probably like reminisce on like what your favorite Vegas era is or favorite property was. Um, and really, really just focus on telling the history and the story of Las Vegas through, you know, art and architecture and culture and history. Nice. We know Las Vegas when we get rid of older hotels and casinos, even not so old hotels and casinos, we implode them. So do those signs get saved and taken to the Neon Museum? How does that process work? When a business like a small business could be closing or we're hearing that a bigger property or resort might be imploding, um, it either can happen like we'll reach out to that establishment and we'll say like, hey, could we talk about like acquiring your sign? or it'll be in the reverse and they'll reach out to us because sometimes they don't know what to do with their signs. But always going back to our mission of like making sure that it's not just any sign, but it really has like that historical significance to the community. Mm -hmm. So the Pride Gallery Talks that you guys did during the month of June for Pride Month were five minute highlight conversations touching on the significant locations, figures and moments in Las Vegas LGBTQ plus history through signs on display at the Neon Boneyard, which is your gallery space where all the signs are outside. What was the process putting those gallery talks together. We had Dennis McBride do work before I came to the museum, um, kind of help do some some scholarship and put some things together. So I use that that he already did, but I also really just relied on two other books that he has had because he is a member of the community and is a historian himself. So it's doing a lot of scholarship, reading the, not only like the 
the, the existing scholarship he did for us, but reading his books, um, familiarizing myself, like it might have, for me, like I, I was like, okay, I might have to ask myself a question. It might be kind of silly, but I was like, what is the difference between LGBTQIA plus like history month and pride? Mm. I was like, I know there's a difference. What are the subtleties? Or if there aren't, well, I knew, I felt like there was, and there is to make sure that I'm, I'm capturing what pride was. So it was doing the scholarship and the, you know, and then also kind of seeing what has recently happened and in educating myself and doing that research, finding a, a story or, that could connect and resonate with a larger audience. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure we get an explanation for our audience on who Dennis McBride is. He definitely is a historian of not just Las Vegas, but the Las Vegas queer community. He's like donated a lot of his personal work and things he's collected over decades to UNLV. He wrote two books, one of them called like Out of the Neon Closet, which is like an amazing telling of, you know, and tracing of of the history of the LGBTQIA plus community in Las Vegas going and even Nevada, like going into the 1800s and trying to bring it to the to the early 2000s. He's part of a very small set of people who are made it really important to say, like, we're going to document this. and We're going to talk about this. and We're going to publish. It was like a really foundational piece of my research. I don't think I could have done or known how to organize or create a gallery talk without without his work. Mm. Getting into the Pride Gallery talks themselves and these signs can be seen all year round at the Neon Museum. If people would want to go visit them and see what we're talking about, out of those signs that were featured in the Pride Gallery Talks, what were some of your favorite stories? In the the five minute one, because it was really hard to cut it down to five minutes. There's so many stories that we wanted to tell, but for the, the five minute, it was giving like a snapshot. I think my favorite was using our First, our Dot's wedding sign to talk about civil rights and civil rights legislation. And what does that Dot's wedding sign look like? So it's a rectangular sign closer to where our patio section is. And it, you know, has like a more like a type of aerial font that's like Dot's flower shop and like wedding information and little flowers on it. It's very cute. Um, Very like, you know, subtle. It was a small business. So it was using like that very unassuming sign because we have other wedding information signs. So it was really using that wedding information line to talk about not just same sex marriage or marriage regardless of gender. But let's just let's go back. Let's even talk to how we even got there. Yeah. And I know Nevada was pretty behind other states in legalizing same sex marriage, but we were one of the first to codify it in our constitution. So what's the connection there between marriage equality in Las Vegas and that dot sign? So obviously in Las Vegas and Nevada, there's a huge wedding industry. I mean, obviously, like it was economics do play an important factor, but it was really the community pushing. And it was even to get to that point, the community within itself to get the state, to get the governor to like kind of agree um, was a very huge, big deal. And and one of the points that we like to talk about in the gallery talk is that or that I wanted to put forward is that this is Nevada being again ahead of the entire nation to kind of like declare this right and the sort of acknowledgement Mm -hmm. for the community. Yeah. What's another um, sign from the Pride Gallery Talks that you might have felt particularly connected to? Maybe some of the staff were really connected to that particular sign or story? So the Riviera sign is the classic like blue and white Riviera with their succinct font. 
And then we have the stars. Some of the stars are broken up throughout the Neon Boneyard, but that's just like the iconic, their Riviera logo. So it's instantly recognizable. Like you, you don't have to tell people what it is. They'll, they'll be like, I've seen that before. So close to dots is one of the Riviera signs. And that gives us an opportunity to talk about um, female impersonation and female impersonators. One of the things in my favorite part of the research was Dennis McBride saying like female impersonators were for a lot of people in Vegas, their first exposure probably to like queer culture, whether they knew it or not. And it was almost like crossing over into the mainstream. We also got to talk about what's going on today with the Riviera. I got to talk about Frank Moreno and he's still working on the strip at the Tropicana and Legends. So we still even got to talk about female impersonation today with Legends, but we still got to talk about like, it's it not just happened, it's not just history, it's still concurrent and say like even, you know, when we're talking about your local drag or female impersonators or, you know, what's going on at the Flamingo with Drag Race or so on and so forth. And really, again, bringing it to the now. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's fun where you got to include a, a sense of like, what people can see in their everyday and pop culture and and kind of, you know, point out things that maybe have become so normal to us and say like, yeah, these were really radical and groundbreaking things and and why this is so important. Great. And let's get in um, one more sign that was featured in the Pride Talk, what that looked like, where it is and the story behind that one. So we have the Silver Slipper on Las Vegas Boulevard. So it's not that easy to see from when you're in that patio area. But if you were to look across from the patio area into the Neon Boneyard, you would see one of the signs from the Silver Slipper. And that sign is, is that just a Silver Slipper? Like the name? So, yeah, it's like an orange, large orange sign. It'll be like Silver Slipper, you know, um, saloon. And yeah, and then we have the actual slipper on Las Vegas Boulevard. And that's fully restored. But the Silver Slipper sign's non-operational. But it's just really fun and it's just like tucked away right, right by our Caesar's Palace sign. So it's fun to point it out. So going back to female impersonation, it was another sign, another property. And to kind of talk about like Las Vegas's long history of it's not just now. It's not just, you know, in the, in the 80s or the 90s. It was the 70s. It goes back all the way to, you know, the 40s. Female impersonations like long history with Las Vegas. And then it gives us an, also like an opportunity to bring it back to now. And those are all really visible. And I think the Silver Slipper is fun and unexpected because that sign, it was a part of the frontier. So it looks very Western. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks very like of that turn of the century Western saloon style. So you wouldn't really associate like a type of show going on in this establishment. So it's, it's fun and it's unexpected. And then the Red Barn is a, like a great example of local, like it was a, like a local gay bar. So it was more for off the strip and that one's fully operational. And then something that, you know, if a visitor was talking to someone about Riviera or Silver Slipper or anything, you know, they could say, well, we have like an, an example of also like local queer culture happening, you know, in small business. So it's not just all on the strip, which we also want to say, like there is a community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Las Vegas is pretty unique in that our big Pride Parade is actually in October. So are there plans to bring these talks back then at the museum or um, continue with these Pride Gallery talks in some way? We definitely have been talking about bringing them back for October, which is very exciting. I didn't, I'm still new to Vegas. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like to have it in October. Yeah, it's a lot cooler then. Yeah. And then um, that also would give us an opportunity to, there was like a 
a longer version. So it would give us an opportunity to even like make it a little longer and tweak it a bit. So that night, other signs that I originally wanted to include could like throw it back in the mix. So if we have like returning guests, it won't be the same talk. And then again, we're still expanding on the narrative of we're talking about community building and we're talking about civil rights and we're talking about female impersonation. And then we also talk a little bit about what was going on in Las Vegas with the AIDS epidemic and, and how the community rallied. So that's the plan. It's it's really something that I think we really want to do. We really want to be accessible and not just, again, not just tell these stories in June, but to continue to tell these stories in October and, and to make sure that our docents have that education and have that knowledge so then they could sprinkle it into their tours or in within a conversation with a guest and, you know, making sure that we're being representative as much as possible and inclusive. Yes, love that. What else can patrons look forward to from the Neon Museum, maybe this summer or going into the fall? So today I just saw it with like an email that we finally announced to the public, our Duck Duck Shed, which is going to be in October. It's going to be closer to our 10th anniversary. So it'll be like a weekend of different programming, focusing on architecture, culture and history in Las Vegas that is hosted by us that will be all throughout of Las Vegas. So that'll be very fun. If you're very interested in that in architecture, I would say check that out. We're going to have, I'm working on new gallery talks as we speak. So I hope to have the like pride, I don't say 2.0, but like just the extended one for October off the ground, hopefully something for Hispanic Heritage Month, because I've just written that up. So I'm very excited about that too. Someone that I didn't put in this talk, but I'm definitely putting in our Hispanic Heritage Month is someone named Raul Rodriguez, who was a designer who designed floats for the Rose Parade and neon signs for the Flamingo. And he was he was queer. He was Hispanic. So it's very exciting to talk about like people fully rounded and an artist and an artist in our collection. Mm-hmm. We also have for locals and families Seam Saturdays launching this July. And it'll be a monthly series for families to come in and it'll be like steam based art programming. We want, you know, kids to come by and really learn about neon bending, sign designing, the artistry, the history. So there's a lot going on. Oh, that sounds so great. Oh, yeah. I have one more. Oh, go, I just go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, this is I forgot one and I'm actually doing it. <laughs> At the end of July, we're going to do a. Uh, uh, me and my colleague, we're going to do a virtual program. So it'll be Scandals at the Fabulous Flamingo. Ooh. It's going to be on Zoom July 28th, but you can even watch it after if you can't watch it live. So we're going to talk about Scandals at the Flamingo via construction, via opening, via post Siegel, you know, stuff that went down with entertainers like Pearl Bailey, Lena Horne, mm. Louis Armstrong, stories that like people might have never heard of or thought were rumors. And we're like, yes, we're we're confirming these. We found facts. And of course, we're the Neon Museum, so we're going to talk about the gorgeous signs and, and what it took to make those and all the, the evolution of what the flamingo was to how we got to what it is today. Yes, yes. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's so interesting. I love hearing about all of the work the Neon Museum is doing and tying Las Vegas's history into the present and making it so accessible for residents of the city. Thank you so much, Emily. We'll definitely look forward to hearing more about the Neon Museum's programming in the future on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you for having me. Before you go, here's some news you should know about today. 
First, it seems the city is considering a curfew on Fremont Street because of the recent violence there. The proposed ban would affect anyone under 21, so it'll be interesting to see how this affects young buskers. Meanwhile, teachers hoping for an early retirement are out of luck for a couple years. You know we've got this huge teacher shortage, so the district has suspended a program that helped long-term teachers wrap up their careers early. With 1,500 openings, the district needs every instructor it can keep. All right, that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, pick your favorite episode and send it to a friend. It's easy, three clicks and you're done. You can also rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. All right, that's... Okay, how do they do this? All right, that's... Okay, wait.